Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. God doesn't want you to be like somebody else. He made the you, and we need you to fulfill your purpose and your plan. So I want you to look at this with me. We're going to go through this um, today. I think it's going to be a life-changing week. So just take some notes. The note sheets are there. And I wanted to help you and equip you to find what is my vision and is my vision taking me closer to the destination that God has for me. We're going to start in key number one, Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The ASV version says it like this. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. But he that keepeth the law... Happy is he. I want you to understand something, that vision produces the restraint in life. Vision kind of takes a wide perspective of life and narrows it down. Because vision shows me which way I can go and which way I can't go. Vision produces the habits of life because it produces disciplines. It's vision that produces discipline, not discipline that produces sight. I got some key points here about vision. The definition of where you see people casting off restraint basically means this. The definition is this. People without God's word have no guidelines for life. People without God's word have no guidelines for life. What that means is this. The word of God brings vision. Visions, now write this down, visions Number one birthplace is found in the word of God. That's a very important key because individual vision is discovered while we discover the vision of God's word. God's word reveals to me my individual vision for my own person. And I'll explain that as we get in this thing because vision is the source and hope of life. There was a statement made, and it's so powerful. It was this. The greatest gift given to mankind is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. I mean, I think that is so, so profound. Vision may be the greatest gift ever given to man. Remember, sight is a function of a natural eye, but vision is the function of the heart. It's different. I really believe that vision is a faith release to see the impossible, to believe the impossible and expecting God's greater blessing. Vision can give you that. I think Jesus tried to do it all throughout the Bible, tried to give them a vision of a greater picture. The spies in the land, he said, go see the land that I gave you. But sight showed them the giants. Sight showed them the walled cities. Sight showed them what was seen, but vision can see the impossible. Vision can see the victory in the midst of the battle. Vision can help you, because vision is always connected to the word of God, amen? And it's a bridge taking you from where you are to where you want to be. It links you from where you are today, and vision catapults you into your future and pulls you into your future so you can see the destination God has for you. 
Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are very rare. Nothing ever achieved was not done without the power of vision, the force of vision, the focus of vision, and the availability of vision. Vision, for a lack, for a lack of, for a lack of um, a greater definition, is basically the ability to see in a season of life what you need to see to accomplish the future goals that you have. That's what vision does. Vision shows you a goal. It shows you a destination. It, it, it gets clarified by the word of God. The fear of failure will stop you from seeing with vision. A lot of times failure will try to arise. And that's how you know vision is an element of faith because wherever there's faith, there's going to be fear. I like this. The canvas of your future must be painted with the power of vision today. The canvas of your future. You're drawing the picture today. You're drawing your destiny. Vision sets you free from limitations of what your eyes can see. It allows you to enter into the liberty of what the heart can feel. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Man, I like that language. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Man, this is so awesome. I want you to know something. Vision can get you through the pain of life. Because vision is found in the word of God, remember? Vision can get you through pain. It makes suffering and disappointment bearable. All right, think of that. Vision does. It makes the moments of suffering that we go through in life, and we all suffer, and disappointment bearable. Because vision generates hope in the midst of despair and proves endurance in tribulation. Or basically, it provides it. It provides endurance in tribulation. It provides, it gives me hope where hope can't be found. You know, Abraham said it like this, against hope, believed in hope. It was vision of being the father of many nations that allowed Abraham to make it through the pain in the promise when he didn't see the provision. He didn't see himself, he didn't see the fruit of his labor yet. He couldn't see the Isaac. But the key was this, that vision gave him the availability to push through the seasons of no hope and stand in the season of seeing what seems to be impossible. You know, the Lord God Almighty said it best. He said it like this. He said, I call those things that be not as though they were. Who God quickeneth the dead. Romans chapter 4. And calls those things that be not as though they were. What does that mean? Vision can see what hasn't been accomplished yet. Vision can see what has not been provided yet. Vision can create the sight of something that you cannot see in the natural world because vision has the power of faith to create it in my right now. Vision inspires the depressed and motivates the discouraged. Without vision, life would be basically a cycle of frustration. I want to give you some major keys on how to write your own vision. That's what today was about. I want to teach you how to write your vision and get it plain. 
You know, Habakkuk said it best. He said, write it and make it plain. They that read it can run with it. You're going to get detailed in vision. How do I find the vision for my life in this season of life that I'm in? Maybe, maybe you're a mom and you're figuring out, how, what's, my, what's my vision in my season? I really want you to see something. I think it's very important before we get in this that you understand something. If you're not careful, you'll try to abandon vision. If you're not careful, discouragement will try to abandon vision. Disillusionment will abandon it. Some measure of failure and frustration could try to overtake it. But here's the thing. If the principles and power of vision are designed in your life and you can get an understanding on how to define it, I think as you simplify it and document it, vision will carry you to your destination. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to, to visualize it. I want you to, to simplify it. I want you to document it. And I want you to run with it. Um, one thing I want to tell you is this, is that vision is going to change in certain seasons of life. And that's what I was saying. Maybe you feel like now, well, what's, what's, why has God got me here? What, is, what does God want to do with my life? What's, what's my plan? What's my purpose? How do I not only help people, but how do I help myself find the destination that God has for me? My first tool for you to write your personal vision is a vision with God will help direct your steps. Proverbs 16 and verse 3, a vision plan with God will direct your steps when you make a concrete plan to move forward to what you desire. Proverbs 16, 3 says this, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Discovering and implementing your personal vision is a process of learning about you. Growing in your relationship and knowledge of the Lord and continually fine-tuning your understanding of the vision God has given you. I'm going to give you a step-by-step -step process that if you take these steps, and that's why today I'm kind of, I want to be with you because I love you. I love being with you guys. But I'm kind of happy in a way I'm not because I'm going to give you a strategic plan in finding the vision for your life. And you know, you might not get all of it, and it might be a, I'm going to tell you now, it's a lifelong quest. I, I go back often and fine-tune my vision. What are we doing with the church? What direction are we going in? Sometimes you got to get new direction and new vision for your marriage or your family or your relationships or, you know, some of you go through seasons where maybe, maybe somebody's um, retired or somebody is maybe stepped into a different um, dispensation of life. Maybe you got teenagers and you're like, man, how do I navigate this? I need new vision. Or maybe you got a new business you're starting. Or maybe, maybe something's going on. Or even sometimes, you know, you go through seasons of life where things change and vision changes. You know, I, I remember in seasons when, when, you, when you have babies, it seems like you got a vision to just make sure everything is, is good, everything's going good. And then the kids kind of become adolescents and you kind of go and then vision changes until, you know, kids get big and they move out of the house. Then you re-identify yourself. You know, we call it a midlife crisis. I call it praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah. What do you mean midlife crisis, amen? No, what it is, you re-identify yourself in certain seasons of life. Um, when you get up and you go to work and you work, you know, 
40, 50, 60 hours a week, and then all of a sudden you're retired. It's, it's a different season of life, and focus is in a different place. Um, when you're, maybe, maybe you've had a spouse, or you've lost someone, or something, something's changed, and change produces new vision, because I have to see things different. I don't have the same patterns of life. So we're going to discover how to do this. Step number one is what I would like, love for you to do is this. If you can eliminate some distraction and sit down somewhere by yourself away from every distraction and responsibility just for a moment and allow yourself some unrip, uninterrupted time to think. You could do this as often as you need to develop your plan, but sometimes self-examination is the greatest examination you and I can find because we really discover that when we get quiet, we can internally hear what it is that God has for us. One of the other things you could do is step number two, let's call it. So if I'm going to get away, I got to get alone and I, and I got to get like a little vision plan. I got to write some things down. Maybe take a little journal with you. Maybe you do this over the next month. Maybe you just take some time and you just get away and you jot some stuff down. Find your true vision. You know, find why you're here. Ask God some questions. I'm going to talk to you about this. Why did God create me? What am I here for? Sometimes this could be almost confusing in this experiment because as you answer some of the following questions I ask you, it's going to bring clarity to you and confidence regarding some of your personal identity. But some of the questions you might ask yourself are going to be almost um, unanswerable in the moment because it's going to take a period of time to discover them. As we go through this process, I think what you and I need to see is this, is this is not a, 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 an awareness to try to make you feel like, man, I'm not, I'm not in vision, but maybe we're clarifying the vision you have and we're giving you the tools to equip you to fulfill the vision God has gave you. Some of you might have a vision. Um, some of you might be business people and you go, I've got a vision. I, I, I want to be a financer of the kingdom. Or some of you maybe have a, a ministry or maybe there's a ministry gift. Or maybe you go to one of the outreaches that we have and you share the gospel. Maybe God's called you to be a preacher man or a preacher woman. But there's something in you. Maybe you're called to encourage. But there's something to be released. Number one question I have in finding vision is this. Because vision is going to take a conscious decision is number one, have I totally surrendered to God? Have I totally surrendered to God? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says it best. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I got to surrender to God. The apostle Paul said it the best, I believe, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. And he said this, Know ye not that they that rich run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. One person receives the prize. What does that mean? So run that they may obtain Verse 25, and every man that strives for mastery is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible one. I therefore so run not as one of uncertainty, so I fight, I fight not as one that just beateth the air, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection because at any time I don't want to miss out. When I've preached to others, 
I myself should be cast away. The apostle Paul said it like this. He said, I live a surrendered life, not only to just my will, but to the will of God. A surrendered life means I'm surrendered to the word. A surrendered life means that I've come to God and say, God, not what I want, but what do you want for me? And one of the things I think that's so important here is this, is that as you get a greater understanding of, of what God has for you, I think there's so, there's so much to see as I surrender that God is going to reveal to me the perfect plan he has for me. Number two thing I want to ask you today, and you could understand that surrender is a constant process. Jesus did it best in the Garden of Gethsemane before we even get to point number two. He said, not my will, but thine will be done. You know, life seems to be this. You walk in it for a season, and then you, you come to a place to surrender. And then you walk in it in another season, and you come to another place to surrender. I think you constantly surrender to the will of God. I think there's many forks in the road where you can go that way or, or you can go this way, but there's God's way. I don't want my way. I want his way, and I don't want to do it in my strength, but in his strength. So I think life is a constant place of surrendering, not only to the will and word of God, but also to the place that God has for me. One of the things I see with surrender that's so important is this. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane surrendered his will. He said, not mine will be done, but thine will be done. And the Bible says strength came from heaven to give him the ability to become what God called him to be. If the Son of God needed to surrender his will, then obviously me and you are going to need to surrender our will. Life is a life of surrender. Point number two I want to talk to you today is am I obediently pursuing what I know to be God's will? Am I obediently pursuing what I know to be God's will? What do you mean by that? Well, in John 14, 21, he makes it plain. He says, whoever has my commandments and obeys them, he it is he who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. He'll gladly tell you, for he is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. That's James 1, 5 in the Living Bible. I love that. Ask God. Some of the key questions I think we need to know, if you want to know something from God, you've got to ask him. I want to just give you a subtopic here. I think as you go through this checklist, it'll help you. If you want to just put a, under the subtopic there, if you want to know God's will, you need to do a couple of things. Letter A, you need to admit that you need guidance. I don't know about you, but we don't really like to admit it when we're confused. All the guys in the room, we don't, we don't need the GPS. We know where we're going. We don't need to know. I don't want to redirect the GPS. I know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. How many times have you told your wife, I know where we're going, just sit back and relax. We're going to get there. But you didn't know where you were going, especially men. We don't like to do this. It's not my nature to say, hey, I'm lost. I know exactly where I am at all times. Just ask me. I'll tell you. Amen? And I don't want to stop and ask for directions. That'd be too easy. That's why when it comes to knowing God's will, it's going to take some real courage to admit that we're confused and need direction. Psalms 25 and 9 says it best. In the NIV, it reads, he guides the humble in what 
is right and teaches them his way. You know, sometimes we can almost get a little puffed up about it and think you've got it all figured out, but God's going to say, be my guest, go for it. I don't know about you, but I've been there too. I think sometimes we think we know, but we need to admit that we need help. You don't go everywhere thinking you assume to know everything, so why would we do this with God? I got news for you. It's gonna make an opportunity arise for you to ask God for guidance. Vision does that. Vision makes you make it plain. One of the things I want you to see, you think you know, but you might only know as far as you know. How about this one? Subtopic B, let's say this. Let's ask God in faith. Now, as you go home and you take this list, and as you kind of check it off, God, I'm going to do this stuff. Subtopic B would be this. Ask God in faith for direction. Not only do I got to admit I need guidance, but then I'm going to ask God in faith to give me direction. That's James 1, 5, and 6. If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him, and he will gladly tell you. For he is always ready to give you a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. He will not resent it. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to tell you. For a doubtful mind will be as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Notice, there's two keys to knowing God's wisdom. First, You've got to ask the right person. That would be God. You don't ask somebody to take you somewhere that they don't know where you're going. That wouldn't make much sense. So ask God. He's the one who's made you. The Bible says he formed you and fashioned you in your mother's womb. He brought you in this time and this season. In this dispensation of life, God has you here for a reason. Next. After we ask, we've got to ask with the right attitude. What do you mean with that? Expect God to answer. Have you ever asked God to lead you, but you really didn't expect him to do it? Sure you have. That's why we don't hear from heaven sometimes. We ask questions without expecting in faith. That's why we must ask God and expect for the answer. God honors faith. He that promises wisdom is ready to give you the wisdom that you need. But you gotta ask in faith. You know, the Bible says this. It says, when you pray, believe you receive when you pray. That's Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Believe you receive when you pray, not when you see it, not when you have it, not when you're walking in it, but when you pray for it, believe you're gonna receive the guidance. Number three, Seek God through prayer. That is Psalm 37, 23, and 24. Oh, that's so powerful. When he falls, he's not going to fall headlong because God's going to do it. You may think you're at a dead end in your life. We're never going to get out of debt. We're never going to have the baby. My dream's never going to come true. How's it ever going to work out? Right now, it may look dark, and you might feel defeated, and things may seem like a mystery to you, but one day, you're going to see in the light of eternity, 
how it all fits together, how God's plan strategically got you to the moment in life. Until then, there are three errors you need to avoid, and one of them is this. I'm going to give them to you all. Three errors of avoidance as you seek God's will, and as you avoid these errors, you will develop deeper trust in God even when you don't understand. Number one, there's little subtopics. Just write them down. They'll break out the note sheet so you can get that. I wanted to get this all out, and then they'll kind of qualify the note sheet so you can be it. I call them don't be. I call them the three don't be's, okay? Don't be. Write them down. My three don't be's. Someone's like, what is he doing? Don't be. Number, number, number one, don't be frustrated. Don't be frustrated. If you try to figure out everything in life, you're going to get frustrated. Sometimes you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna do what you think is God's will, and it's not going to work out that way. That's okay. I thought God was leading me to do this or start a business or do this or something looks like it failed. It didn't look like it worked. What do you do when there's no answer? You keep trusting God, knowing that he's working on your character through all your circumstances and that he has good plans for you. And I'm going to say that again. Failure isn't fatal and failure isn't final. I do it. I think I'm walking towards the Lord. I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to hear from heaven. I'm trying to navigate. And soon, sometimes in life, it looks like I messed it up. I missed it. Maybe I missed the mark, or maybe I missed the, the, the turn, or I did something. Whatever it is, I just want you to know it is so important to not get frustrated. Don't get frustrated. Because as life goes on, you might get frustrated. Don't get frustrated. This is so, so important. Remember this, and I love this. You keep trusting God. What do you do when there's no answer? What do you do when it seems like it's not working? What do you do when it seems like there's nothing going? You keep trusting God knowing this, that he's working on my character through all of the circumstances of life and that he has good plans for you. Amen? You know, I like to say it like this. Sometimes as we walk on the road called life, we don't know what it's going to bring us, but I know how to respond to it. It's very important. Here's one to me. Don't be, listen, this, this is so good. Don't be fearful. Man, I like this. What do you mean don't be fearful? What is behind, what is behind the fear of God's will? The root problem is that what? We doubt God's love. Amen? Because the Bible says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. That's 1 John 4, 18. We always get into trouble when we doubt God's love. Because when we don't trust him, we don't obey him. So important. Look at this. Psalm 37, 23 and 24 says this. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong, right? Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Remember we read that? God's will is an expression of his love. And when you don't understand what God is doing, have patience. God knows what's best for you. You can't see the end result, but he can. God's path might be a path of pain, 
but all those delays, difficulties, and problems are going to build character in your life. All right, now you got to get this. Vision, vision produces pain. Now, what do I mean by that? Oh, I'm telling you what I mean by this. Vision produces pain because vision, and you got to get this, vision is going to produce disciplines that now I have to submit myself to. So important. Now, I want you to get this, and I need you to pull this in. What do you mean vision produces pain? Because where there's vision, there becomes constraint. Constraints don't let me go this way. They don't let me go that way. They keep me in the road called vision and destination, and that is the key. That is the key. Because as long as I got vision, I got constraint. Where there's no vision, people cast off constraint. But guess what vision creates? Pain. I can't say what I want to say when I got vision. I can't do what I want to do when I got vision. I can't think what I want to think when I got vision. I can't talk the way I want to talk when I got vision. I can't walk the way I want to walk when I got vision. I can't do some of the doing that I want to do when I got vision. Because vision is telling me what time to get up. Vision's telling me what time to go to bed. Vision's telling me where I put my money. Vision's telling me what I can think. Vision's telling me what I can say. Vision starts speaking loud and clear but you say vision is sight no 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 vision just is in sight vision isn't just seeing vision is seeing the impossible and doing the things that seem to be impossible in the moment why am i getting up and praying in the holy ghost it doesn't look like nothing's happening because vision got me up this morning why am i reading the word of god when i don't feel like reading the word of god and i'm tired and i feel like packing it in because vision is telling me i'm preparing for a day i'm preparing for an hour i'm preparing for a moment you know and I got saved in 1994, okay? And I'm going throwback just for a minute. And I, I was reading the Bible two, three, four hours a day and reading and consuming and reading and consuming and reading. And I had friends of mine saying, why are you doing this? I didn't even know what I was doing when I was doing it. I just said, something inside of me is telling me I got to get ready for something. What are you getting ready for? I don't know. Why are you preparing? I don't know. I went to Bible school. They said, why are you going to Bible school? I said, I don't know. I just know I heard God said go, and I'm going. I was preparing. Vision was preparing me for today. I didn't see it in 1994. I didn't know I'd be here today, but I had to prepare like today was here back then. And that's the key. You got to prepare for there, right here and now. That's what vision does. Vision, vision produces restraint. And I remember, it was funny. I used to laugh in Bible school. You know, they used to give you these books and you got to read them. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I don't, like, I don't like homework. I don't think anybody does. Even as I was older, I didn't like it. And I knew, though, I said, man, if I don't do this, this is going to be a mess. And I remember guys banging on my door. Hey, Sarno, let's go play ball. I can't come out. They're like, what you mean you can't come out? I said, I got to read these books. I, I, I got to get this book done so far this week. Otherwise, I know me. I won't discipline myself in this arena. I had to have vision. And they'd be banging on the door. Come out and go. I said, no, I can't go. Vision kept me in the house. Vision kept me in the word. Vision kept me in them books. You say you need discipline. I say you need vision. 
Write this down. Oh, my three non go The last one is this, right? I say this, don't be. I like my don't be's. I like, don't be faithless. Don't be faithless. It's gonna take faith, guys. It's gonna take faith. And we're gonna talk more about that. It's gonna take faith to believe, to be able to see, amen, what other people can't see in the moment in time. It's very important. Don't be faithless. Just write, don't be faithless, somewhere around there we're gonna talk about. Here's the thing. Number four, search the scriptures for the revealed will of God. That's very important. I want you to search the scriptures for the revealed will of God. So, so important. I got so much stuff here for you. Amen. Amen. I want you to get that. Search the scriptures for the revealed will of God. That's James 1.23. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his face or his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth and go away and straightway forget what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and does what? Continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his Deed. What does that mean? That means this, that you're going to have to ask yourself this question. Am I being a doer of what I've been hearing? Amen. The Bible says, there's a great story in the Bible. It says that you either build your hand upon, you either build your house upon the rock or you build your house upon the sand. He said, the wind's coming, the storms are coming, the wind's going to blow, the rain's going to come, the problems of life are coming. And if you build your house upon the sand, it's going to crumble. But if you build your house on the rock, it's going to stand forever. Here's another one, number five. Be attentive to the impressions and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Be attentive to the impressions and guidance of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says this, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by, by, by basically, he will bring glory to me by taking from me what is mine and making it known unto you. He's basically saying he's gonna take what he's given you and give it to you. And all things belong to the father, everything. That's what he said. And the Spirit will take from him and give it to you. Make it known to you. Reveal it to you. I think that's so important when you understand the revealed truth of God. Get, so I got to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. That's why spending time with the Holy Spirit is so important. Making sure you take the moments to spend time with the Spirit of God. I'm going to give So as I do this, so I'm going to do this now. I'm going to go home. I'm going to say, am I taking time praying? Praying in the Holy Spirit about my vision. Praying in the Holy Spirit to continue to maintain vision. Praying in the Holy Spirit, not just to maintain vision, but get the vision. Asking God, am I where you need me to be? Do I need to make some life adjustments to be on the road taking me to where my destination is bringing me? Set the priorities of vision, number six. Set the priorities of vision. And man, I like this because I think these, these next couple of of key elements are gonna help you understand this. Your life is a sum total of the decisions you make every day. Man, that is so good, write that down. Your life is the sum total of the decisions you make every day. Your future is only guaranteed by the decisions you make today. That's what it comes down to. You say, man, how do I know you gotta make the right decisions in a moment? Wisdom is the ability to come into a given moment and make the correct decision that's gonna alter your destiny. That's what wisdom can do. Wisdom is the ability to come into any given situation and make the right decision at that given moment. Very important. Principle is this, that if you wanna be successful, you must set priorities in the relationships 
of life to your vision. Your relation, or basically you set your priorities in relation to the vision. Our decisions are based on our priorities. Amen? Our decisions are based on our priorities. Understanding priority will help you accomplish your dream because priority is a key to effective decision-making. Both successful and unsuccessful people are alike making decisions every day that influences their chances of achieving their visions. Whether they realize it or not, it is the nature and quality of the choices you make that determine your success and failure in life. Whether you realize it, maybe you do, maybe you don't. It is the nature and quality of the choices you make that determine your success or failure in life. So important. Making wise. Look, right now, if I said to you, think of somebody. Now, for some of you, this is going to be easy because it's, it's, it's you. But for some of you, somebody's going to pop in your head. Think of people right now that you know that have made wrong choices and it has affected their entire life right now. Think about it. Good people, love God, great people, go to church. But they made a decision that has altered their life forever because of one bad decision. I know of a story right now. I'm not, not privy to say, you know, it's nobody in the church. But somebody made one mistake, one mistake in life. And it's probably going to cost them years, years of being incarcerated because of one, one, wrong, one wrong decision, one wrong action, one wrong, one wrong mindset has now altered their entire life because of one wrong decision. I want you to know the quality of choices you make are so important. The Bible says un ungodly communication corrupts good manners. That means who you hang around. Psalms chapter 1 says it like this. Blessed is the man that, doesn't, that does what? That doesn't stand in the seat of the scornful, nor sits in the way of the sinner, but his delight is in the law. I'm paraphrasing it. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates therein day and night. His tree will be strong. His leaf will come forth in his season. He'll be by the still waters of life. What does that mean? That means if you hang around with the dodos, you're going to be a dodo. But if you hang around with the champions, you're going to act like a champion. Very, very important. And point number seven, I want to give you this. Vision focuses your priorities. Vision focuses is your priorities. My last point for you today is this. Vision focuses your priorities. In other words, if you want to fulfill your dream, you must fix your eyes on it and not get caught up in anything that won't take you there. You have to know how to maneuver between the alternatives of life, meaning that you have to learn how to prioritize. When people don't succeed in their vision, it is often because they don't understand that prioritizing creates useful limits on their choices. Apostle Paul said it best in 1 Corinthians 6 and 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Even though we have permission to, to basically do some things, not everything's good for me. The King James Version says this, uses the word expedient, which means appropriate, suitable, or desirable. Not everything is advantageous to me. You have to determine what is beneficial, and you have to define what is beneficial based upon the needs of vision. 
I love this thing to 1 Corinthians 6 and 12. The second part is very powerful statement. It says, everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. I like that. I kind of added a little bit. The King James says, I'll not be brought under the power of any. That word's this means this in the Greek. It means I'm not coming under the control of anything. Okay? I even know you, you can do anything in life, nothing's going to hold its control over me. Just because something is good doesn't necessarily mean it's beneficial for me, okay? And that's so, so important. So vision is going to give me the priority list I need to bring change. One of the last questions I want to ask you today is this, is that on your journey of vision, as I find out what, what benefits me, as I move towards the goals that life has me, obviously the first thing I've got to consider is my relationship with God. If you want to know where you're supposed to go in life, you have to establish a connection with the person who gave you the assignment. Who created you? It's no wonder that the Bible says this, the greatest commandment is to love God first with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And when you do, he reveals the assignment unto you. One thing you can be certain of is God wants to help you on this journey. Guys, today as I get ready to leave you, I just want you to take time. I really feel it was good for me to be able to come to you there's a lot of decisions that need to be made in vision. But what I want you to know is this, is that as you find the God-given vision for your life in the word of God, as you find the God-given vision for you in the destiny and destination he has for you, he is the one who's gonna reveal it to you. But one of the most important things is this, is am I spending time hearing from heaven? You know, Habakkuk said it this. He said he asked the question, and when his question was asked, he said, I waited to hear from God to bring to me. He kind of said it like this. It was like correction. He said, I spoke to God, and then I wanted God to bring correction. Meaning this, we're not looking for God to yell at us. He's not going to yell at you. He's not going to belittle you. But what he is going to do is he's going to lead you. And the Bible says in Romans 8, 14 and Romans 8, 16, for as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. And in Romans 8, 8, 14 and 8, 16, it says, for the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. What does that mean? That means I'm inwardly led. That means by the spirit of God, I'm going to be led by the spirit of God. So my, my question to you is this, have you taken your vision and maybe laid it before the Lord and said, Lord, what is it you, where is it, where is it you, where are you taking me in this journey called life? I believe you're here at Relevant Church, and I'm, I'm going to speak to you from my heart as a pastor. I believe you're here with a purpose. I believe you're here for a reason. I know that you could be anywhere in the world, but God brought you here. And it is my job to equip you to fulfill the vision God has given you. Maybe it's your outreach ministry, or maybe it's a jail ministry, or maybe it's just an internal ministry of the church. Maybe it's our marriage ministry. Maybe it's our, 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 our ministry on Monday, the Miracle Center. Maybe it's the jail, the prison. Maybe it's just the Bible study. Maybe it's you being equipped. Maybe it's you being available to do what it is that God has for you. As you take this time to seek God, I pray that he reveals to you you know, I'm gonna give you one thing before I go, and I think it's so important. Maybe, maybe God has given you the greatest opportunity in this series to understand that your vision with him is so important. And it starts right here in this word. It starts right here in the Bible. Vision is no, no greater found than right here in this book. 
because vision is an element of faith and vision is an element of the word of God. The word of God changing and transforming your life because you see it, you've embraced it, you understand it, and God's revealed it to you. I want to pray for you. So just stand up on your feet. They're going to they're gonna take this even further. But I just want to pray for you now. I want you to know that I'm going to bless you, and I believe God today. And as they come in close service, they might pray for some of you. Just give them a minute. Thank you for allowing us to go. That's one of my heart cries. Thank you for allowing us, as you, become, as you stay faithful here at the church, thank you for allowing us to go to the nations of the world. Sharing us with the world is God sharing the world with you because there, there's, there's a blessing in it for what you've done. I appreciate you, but I want you to know today that even more than that, God's got you on his mind. So Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you for the vision and the plan that you've given them. God is greater than maybe they see and know. Reveal their vision unto them and let them see your word greater than ever before. I bless them, Lord. May the eyes of their understanding be opened to a great new place and may transformation take place in their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, these guys are going to get you going. I'm going to see you Wednesday night. I love you guys. God bless you. I hope vision empowered you to see even more. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.